On today's episode of Sports in the World Football Edition, me and Chris recap the Army-Navy game, as well we recap NFL Week 15, and Chris gives you his final start and sit for fantasy football, and so much more. That's today on Sports in the World Football Edition. And welcome into Sports in the World Football Edition. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. If you're listening to us through Spotify, Anchor, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or wherever your podcast can be heard, we both truly do appreciate it. And how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Fantasy well. Fantasy well. <laughs> the, the, the king might be returning to his throne very, very soon. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, folks. We'll, we'll see. We'll talk about when we get there. But, you know, listen, you know, it, folks, for the record, you know, we'll, we'll see. But how, scared, how scared are you on a scale of 1 to 10? <sighs> 1 to 10. Hmm. How scared am I? That's a great question. You know what? Honestly, I'm going to say 5 and a half. Okay. All right. 5 and a half. I'm, I'm not overly confident, but I'm like, I still fear. I looked at the favorites, and I'm like, you know, but I made a smart move, and I'll talk about when we get to fantasy, and I think that kind of saved me to go to the next round. But I saw your lineup, and I'm like, the old me would be, you know, find a cliff. But no, the new me says, you can walk by the cliff. Okay. And, right. enjoy, and enjoy the view. But, but unfortunately, maybe like the James Bond movie, I might have a view to kill. So he might have that, Uh-oh. too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Little, little James Bond. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know not, not Lazenby, not that guy. But you know, just just in time for the new trailer too. For uh, no time to die. Okay, I like the placement. It's a great, it's a great trailer, folks. Check yeah. it out. You know, I'll be curious to see who goes after Daniel Craig. We could talk about that another another time. But but let's get into let's get into the only college football game that happened. A tradition, really, where the score doesn't matter, but it's a great tradition. And Army Navy, uh, give me your thoughts on that. Game. So, who ya? Go Navy. Plain and simple. I called it. I came, I saw, I conquered. Uh, Malcolm Perry is, he, uh, the Army is traditionally a ground-oriented organization, and the Navy is normally a sea-faring organization. You you would think Navy, naval ships, Army tanks, you know. Um, Malcolm Perry decided to put a clinical on for the Army and show them what, like an urban assault vehicle and a tank and a bulldozer all rolled into a singular person look like uh, 304 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, the dude was just a stud from play one until the final buzzer. And, uh, you know, there's really not too much to talk about that game just due to the fact traditionally – Neither one of those teams are passing a lot. They're not throwing for two and 300 yards in a game. They're not running crazy. They do a lot of RPO, but minus the P part. Uh, so all in all, it was a fun game to watch. I'm happy to see, uh, you know, the Navy win. I'm happy to see uh, the fans come together. And regardless of your branch of service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, it's always a fun game to come together. You can talk some smack, and at the end of the day, you're still on the same team. Uh, President Trump did sign an executive order that would allow collegiate 
athletes in the service academies that if they were able to pursue a career in professional sports to do that. So that was interesting to see. I wonder how many will uh, capitalize on that over, uh, you know, continuing military service after the academy. Uh, it was fun. So the flyover before the game scared the shit out of me. I found out that I was on the flight pattern uh, <laughs> for for the for the jets flying over. I was actually uh, taking the garbage out and walking back into my apartment, and all of a sudden, I see a couple streaks in the air, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I look up, and then I feel just a rumble in the afterburners, and I was like, "Oh, all right, I guess we're getting a flyby. Good shit." And then uh, I, I get back inside in about 30 seconds, you know, uh, into the TV. They do the flyby. And I was like, okay, that was cool. But, yeah, you know, all in all, that game really wasn't much to talk about. But uh, happy to see the Navy break that uh, that three-game streak and put a win column back in theirs. And uh, we'll see what next season brings to them. And, you know, you know, well said. You know, you know, like I always – I think we talked about it last week. You know, with, with a game like that, it's more about coming together as the branches. And like, you know, no matter how the, no matter how we feel about the president, no matter how, you know, we're living in, you know, it was that game for that three hours. You know, it's about camaraderie. You know, singing their fight songs. It's a great tradition, and and it's and it's absolutely it's absolutely fantastic. And and speaking of things that were fantastic, you know. You know, how do I how do I put this? How do I describe you know week fifteen? It was fantastic for some teams, but playoff time it, it really got crunch time for a lot of teams. And and give me your thoughts on on NFL week fifteen. Week fifteen was you saw what some teams were made of. Uh, you know, first and foremost, shout out to your Falcons, dude. Yeah. I would have bet the house against them. Dead ass, no questions asked. That would have been put everything on San Fran, and that's how you lose money, kids. Um, I, I don't know where that team has been all season. Um. I don't know maybe if there is some type of um, uh, cloning going on and maybe someone kidnapped Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, Dan Quinn, and the majority of the Falcons organization cloned them and put them back on the field and kept all of the original people for further testing. But, you know, Matt Ryan played great. Uh, You know, 25 for 39, 210 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Freeman had 39 yards on the ground. Even Matt Ryan had 27 rushing uh, yards. Uh, the big talk about Julio Jones, you know, 13 receptions, 134 yards, two touchdowns. That man, so this is the, so the very first time, Ladarius, the very first time I fuck up in fantasy this season was this week. Most important week. Of all the weeks, round one of the playoffs. This is where the men start getting separated from the boys. Well, my stupid ass did a boyish thing and left Julio Jones on my fucking bench. Luckily, I skated by by the outright grace of God. But I, just, I, I cannot express the impressive 
game that they played. And and on the opposite side of the ball, the 49ers played just as hard. Jimmy G was playing his little heart out. Now, I did find out, actually, uh, did you know that Jimmy G is banging a porn star? Were you aware of this? I was. I was. So, Ki- I was. so Kiara Mia, she is, I'm not even going to lie, she's one of my favorites. And so I actually was getting ready uh, Monday morning, just before I left for New York. I'm getting ready, and uh, I, I usually, what I do is first thing in the morning, I wake up, I kick the coffee pot on, shit shower shave and then i kick the tv on as i'm getting dressed and you know do the rest of the routine get dressed head out the door well i had my i was watching something uh the night before in the bedroom and whatever channel it was on uh tmz was on that morning and so i'm watching this and they start talking about jimmy g because that's why i kept it on on the channel and so i start look I'm, i'm watching this and then i see her and i recognize her and her giant tits from 10 miles away. I mean, put it this way, bud. I didn't even have my fucking glasses on, and I looked at the TV and knew who it was. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. And then she's talking about, you know, banging Jimmy G, and that's why he's playing so well. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, she could be, like, the horse whisperer for quarterbacks. Like, it's like when Tiger Woods. Like, think how well when Tiger Woods was banging a hearty amount of porn stars every single day. The dude, like, you couldn't fucking beat him on a golf course. He stopped fucking porn stars. Look where he went. Now he's starting to win again. Maybe he's starting to get on a hearty diet again. But, you know, God bless him. God bless Jimmy G for being able to smash on that, sir. I'm jealous. Uh, And then also, you know, uh, of course, the player of the game for the 49ers, once again, is Greg Kittle. He looks like a man among boys out on that field. I mean... He's just another one. He's a freight train. I I could not imagine trying to tackle that that monster sized human being. Uh, I commend defenses for for trying to stop him. Uh, and like I said, I mean, just shout out to the Falcons this week. Um, Baltimore did exactly what I thought they would do to the Jets. I'm sure uh, Darnold's probably seeing Ghost again, or Casper, or Demons, or whatever it was. He tried, but Baltimore is just. They're so good of a team, it it bothers me. And it's not that I'm like I and I'm not hating on Lamar Jackson because I've seen so much hate for this kid over the past year about how he can't throw and he's not a, he's overrated. Well, you take that overrated shit and shove it up your ass because you'll see. I promise you, you will see them in a very very good position going into the Super Bowl. Um, you know, some of the other games I got the, a sliver to watch. Um, I got to see a little bit of the Philly and Washington game. Um, that was actually a, a an interesting one to watch. Um, of course, Kansas City just outright demolishing Denver. Um, New England bounced back on Cincinnati just like I thought they would. The one team I want to talk about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. If If – you know, they're another – it must be something about the NFC – well, they're in the NFC East, right? Uh, uh, they're, in the, they're in the NFC South. NFC South, I'm sorry. Um, there's just something about the NFC South. You'll get these teams that can't be stopped, and then the next day they go out and go shit the bed. If you look at the way that, like, the Panthers were playing, you were like – Holy fuck with this Kyle Allen guy. They're a Super Bowl team. 
You know, and then you look at famous Jameis out here, gunslinging, not just not just politely passing the ball, but gunslinging, 458 yards on on a 28 for 42 ratio, four touchdowns and then one and one interception. I mean, Godwin got 121 yards. Uh, Perryman got 113. OJ Howard got 46. I mean, it's just they played at such a high level. If Tampa can just figure their identity out, I think they're probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Now, mind you, all of these crazy reception yards, guess who? And you, and I know you can guess the answer to this, but look who wasn't on the active roster for that game. Yeah, Mike Evans. Their best receiver wasn't even there, and this kid threw for 458 yards. Jameis Winston, I think sometimes, he's his own worst enemy and his best friend. His ego or or his self-doubt or pity, there's something in him that triggers him to play incredibly well or incredibly terrible. There is no – Jameis Winston does not have a game where it's like, yeah, you know, like he played okay. Like, Like Sam Darnold, for example. I can watch a game and say, you know what? He played okay. Then I watched games that, like, for Oakland, for example, and I was like, holy fuck, where's this kid been? And then I see other games, like, when we played the Dolphins, and I'm like, dude, please just jump off a cliff. You know, but but Jameis doesn't have that middle ground. If he can find that middle ground, I don't know if there's maybe something coaching issues, um, but I, I don't know what it is, but they were there. Defense, they were there. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles took over as the D.C., and I got a close friend of mine who's an avid, avid Tampa Bay fan. And uh, so when they announced the news that, you know, they got him as a D.C., he asked me, he's like, hey, you know, Bowles, was, you know, you, the Jets' defense was good. And I was like, the Jets' defense was great. We weren't good. We were Tony the Tiger fucking great. However, our offense is absolute shit. And Todd Bowles doesn't know how to manage an offense to save his fucking life. But the dude is a defensive mastermind, and that's what Tampa needed. Now, Tampa's secondary is terrible, and I think that's just a key personnel issue that I think they'll address in the offseason. But their run defense is – people don't run on them. I mean, if you look at the rushing yards combined, they had uh, 45 total rushing yards. 45. Five. That the, like that's Matt. That's you and your boy drinking, playing Madden, and you run the same like three running plays, and he stuffs you every time, kind of yardage. Like you don't see that in the NFL. Like I just I I don't know where this Tampa Bay team was. They're, they're a 500 ball club right now, which I I am impressed to see. I think they can only go up if they can just figure out where Jameis Winston is mentally. I, I I know a lot of people are on the the let's get rid of Jameis bandwagon. I don't think he's ready to go yet. I I think that there he has more to follow. Um, you know the other game to touch on very briefly was the assassination of the Los Angeles Chargers. Jesus, I mean, <laughs> was the <laughs> was the LAPD there or somebody should have been there? I, I don't I don't know who took a worse beating, Rodney King or the Chargers this weekend. I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but <laughs> I mean, both were paid, but I mean, 
to be beaten, but the thing is, Rodney King wasn't beat on national television. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, folks, you send your your comments, but my God. Yeah, mind you, this is a joke. It's not a dick, so don't take it so hard. Yeah, it's like, you know? it's like, oh my, at least I, Rodney I, King. I, I was sitting there. That's one game I was actually able to watch from start to finish. And I'm sitting there and like, you know, uh, the Vikings put six up and I'm like, okay. And then they put 13 up. I'm like, okay. And then they, and then the fourth quarter comes around and Phillip Rivers, I, I mean, I think he had like four passes and three of them were intercepted. Yeah. I just sat there and I was like, what the fuck just happened? You know, uh, I, I, I'm sitting there. So number one. Um, this is a big week for me. I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a closet Vikings fan, but I really dig the Vikings. Uh, I, uh, Kirk cousins, uh, you know, I liked him when he played in Washington. I saw so much potential in him. This dude has been my, my savior and my antichrist in fantasy football and, and, and all in one sitting. Um, you know, my affliction for Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen personally for me, I think they are the best receiver duo in the NFL, even better than Ridley and Julio Jones. I know that sounds crazy, but they both are just so dangerous in their own aspects. And then you have their backfield. So you've got Kevin Rudolph, who's another Titan of a guy like Kittle. And then, then you have Dalvin cook. Now Dalvin scares me. I, I, that boy, he, he gets injured. I don't. I, I don't want to say he's made a glass because the man runs so hard. And he played when he played for Florida State. I think it was his last season there. He played like six games injured. He was essentially running on one leg, but was just like, well, I, I have to do this, so I'm just going to do it. Um, he played good until he got injured, and you know, the one that I really really I'm shocked about is uh is Boone so Boone as you know is their third string running back so you had Dalvin Cook who was injured and then you have Madison who was already injured and then now you have Boone come in and just put 56 yards on on a defense like like it was nothing to him and put two two balls in the end zone. I mean, I I am just in such shock and disarray with with how that it it went down. And it just wasn't one of those things like oh my god, like, you know, the Vikings are, you know, playing good. It was like are the LA Chargers just that terrible? Like, like, do they even want to spend the money to move to London if they suck that bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know where they are. I don't know where their identity is. I don't know where they're. If Philip Rivers, and as much as I love that man, Philip Rivers needs to retire. I think. I, I truly, truly think that he might just need to. Put a put a cork in it, call it a day, and that'll be that. Because he he's in rough shape, man. I I, I watched him play, and it was just it was bad. It was bad. Uh, but yeah, hats off to the Vikings. Um, they're ten and four this season. Uh, 
I, I definitely think we could see them in the playoffs causing a lot of a lot of bad bad things. Um, and then the only other game, uh, of course, was the uh, Buffalo Bills and and Steelers game. That was just that was just scary. Buffalo is another one of those teams that they're just a complete all around team. They've got a great defense, a great offense, uh, a great quarterback, a great running core. Just the whole all the way around uh, program, and and they held the Steelers. And then hats off to to Tomlin, the the head coach for the Steelers. You've got you've got this guy. His his quarterback went out like the first game of the season. His backup quarterback got his fucking head bashed in from the helmets. His running back is out. His wide receivers are gone. His, I mean, the man has just suffered so many losses. And the fact that he's just still out there, just just pushing all that. That man deserves so much credit. And I, and and I think I made a post about it uh, a few weeks ago. He is just so underrated and underappreciated as a coach. And I just I can't respect that guy enough. And then of course, his hats off to Drew Brees for coming the all time uh, pass leader in touchdowns. Uh, that was that was an absolute act of precision Monday night. So. Hats off to that. I don't know if you want to dive a little bit more into into those or some other games that might have caught your interest, but just hats off. That was such a great week in football. It it was, and you know, I'll I'll just pick up where you where you left off with Drew Brees, and and Chris. You know, one of the things that I always stress with quarterback is accuracy. I'm big on completion percentage. Listen, you know, we know that Drew Brees became NFL all time, but Chris. You know what his completion percentage was that game? What's that? 96.7. Jesus Christ. He was 29 to 30, and he broke Phillip Rivers' record. So the the thing with the Saints is, is that, look, you know, Drew Brees is playing the way that Phillip Rivers should be playing. Let's be honest. When you reach a certain peak in your career, you know, Drew Brees – Sean Payton, it's like peanut butter and jelly with them. And it, it works. They've won together. They turned around. I mean, these are the same organization. And this when I talk about the Cleveland Browns, and I'm gonna get to them. If you saw the if you saw the preview I put out for this episode, I'm going all in on Cleveland, but but if, if you're in the Cleveland area, stay tuned. This is this organization was terrible, Chris. Bags on their heads. This organization was terrible. Then they hire Sean Payton. And then the Miami Dolphins passed on Drew Brees in free agency because of an injury. The Saints bring him in, and the rest is history. This It just proves to the fact, Chris, that you can turn around a franchise, and I think I've talked about this, in three years. If you get the right quarterback, if you get it right there, in the NFL, you get it right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, go ahead. Look at look at the 49ers. I mean, they had a great run with with Cap and then it, it all went to hell in a handbasket. You gave them a couple years some coaching changes. You know, sometimes some new scenery just it 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 makes all the difference and takes a team from the bottom to the top. It, it and it does. And you know, Drew Brees, listen, Michael Thomas the receiver, 12 for 128 yards. It was his eighth game this year with at least 10 catches. He has 133 for the season. That's the fourth highest in NFL history. 
he needs 11 more to break it, and I'm pretty sure he's going to. Oh, absolutely. And as far as the Colts go, Chris, remember how we were high on the Colts? Listen, they lost their fourth straight and their sixth out of seven. Chris, they got outscored 34 to nothing in the first three quarters. And listen, it's just like, you know, it's just like horse racing. If you if you don't get out of that gate real quick, you it's going to be very hard-pressed to catch up. And, you know, with the Colts, they just fell behind real fast. And and speaking of a team that fell real fast, congrats to the Dallas Cowgirls. I meant Cowboys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, my my notes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I was I figured I'd let you have your fun with the Cowboys. Hey, congratulations. You're one in six. Congratulations against winning team. Congratulations. Congrats. Listen, this is what I say. And I'm folks, it's not rocket science. Listen, the Rams, they got held to 22 rush yards, 289 total yards. Listen, so the Cowboys defense did their job, but listen. So I guess I guess Jerry listens to this to, to the podcast because Chris, what did I say was the problem with Dak Prescott last week? You gotta, I, keep it, gotta keep it under fifty pass attempts. And I and I, and I and I've said that at least for a solid month. And listen, Dak Prescott, fifteen and twenty three, two hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns, and they won, and they won, and they won, and they won. Now this this is also the first team they beat all season with a plus five hundred record, isn't it? Exactly. So it's like, congratulations, Dallas. You beat somebody that was a legit, you know, a contender at the time. And then Zeke Elliott, 24 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns. This is, it, Chris, this is it. 32. This is, this is when I talk about the Dallas Cowboys, this is their offense. They're 32 and 13 when Zeke has at least 15 carries or more and rushes for 50, 50 or more yards. It's that simple. As awkward as that little Ewok is, I mean, you got to feed him. And if folks, you got to feed him. Exactly. You know, don't be like the, he's not a gremlin. You can feed him. Because at the end of the day, folks, Dak Prescott is not going to win you games. Teams would are, are daring you to let Dak beat you, and he can't. The num- I've said with the numbers, I've shown you with the numbers, and you saw on the field that, listen, when when you take Dak and you pull him back, Jason Garrett, Mr. Clapper, don't buy that dude a clapper for Christmas. That light bill's gonna be ridiculous at his house. But the point is, is that well, neither that or an electrical fire is gonna happen from it just turning on and off. That's yeah. gonna cause a short eventually. It's gonna cause, you know. I I I suggested the Garrett family not buy a Christmas tree. So, you know, but I say at the end of the day, that's the that's the secret. That's the secret. You reduce you reduce Dak to make everything bigger. And and speaking of things to reduce and make bigger, you know, I wanna I wanna go back to the Jets and the I wanna go back to the Jets and the Ravens here. Like we knew it was gonna be bad. I mean, it wasn't Chargers bad, but you know, Sam Darnold, I, I'll speak on positive. I'm a positive man. You know, Sam Darnold, he had two touchdowns intercepted. He has 17. He has 17 touchdown passes this season. He had 17 all of last season. So if you're a Jet fan like my buddy here, that's optimism, an improvement. Optimism is king. And but here's the thing: with the Jets, this is their sixth game with 300 plus yards of total offense. That's 29th in the NFL. And and once again, I look at Adam Gase, 
And to me, he's one of those coaches along with Doug Marone, who I'm going to talk about with Jacksonville. He's he's on the on the fence. It depends on where management wants to go. It depends. I think it really de- it really does depend on the last two games. Of the season. It really does. I think we're going to be stuck with him for one more season because he signed a two-year deal. Uh, so I, I agree. I agree. If it was like a long-term deal, I'm like, okay, we can cut ties. But I think it's a two-year deal. They really didn't give him. So they kind of knew like, okay, so we kind of got him on the semi-cheap. So let's just see if he can figure out a year or two, in my opinion. So, but, you know, Lamar Jackson, you, you talked about it. Listen, Lamar Jackson, 15 and 23, 212 yards, five touchdowns. He broke Michael Vick's single season record for a quarterback in rushing, and for a quarterback rushing yards. And he has 1,108 yards rushing this year. And, folks, that's his sixth game this season with at least 50 rush yards and at least two touchdown passes. Josh Allen, according to the Bills, has two. Folks, you know, I, you know, like you said, Chris, I think a lot of people doubted Lamar Jackson. And they say, you know, oh, he's a running back. But, folks, when, when, when you know, we can talk about next week when we come to college, I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson there when he's at Louisville. Explain to you why you folks weren't watching the games. Lamar Jackson didn't have anybody to throw to at Louisville. Even he couldn't throw at C- Colonel Sanders, for God's sakes. That's the only dude he probably had to throw the ball to. That's how bad the receiving core was. So, I you know, but we'll get into that next week when we, for our college. But, you know, another great game was Tennessee, was Houston and Tennessee. You know, Deshaun Watson did his thing. Listen, I go to completion percentage, Chris. That seems to be the theme. He, listen, 19 and 27, 243, two touchdowns. But he also had two picks. He's 6-0 and this season when he completes 70% of his passes. It, it, it's, not that, it's not that hard. Bill O'Brien... You know, I may pick on old double chin a lot, but it's about understanding your quarterback and knowing your limitations and your and your strengths. That's with any company with any job. And and you and, and you can speak to that. Listen, you know your strength and your weaknesses of the people who work for you. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, a good coach knows the strengths and the weaknesses of his quarterback. Not re- everybody can't be a Pat Mahomes and sling the ball. 50, 60 times a game. That's not everybody's DNA. You know, listen, for God's sakes, Mariano Rivera, I talked about him last week, he started his career as a starter. He was terrible, but what happened when he became a reliever? Became the greatest closer of all time. Yep. So, 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 folks, th- that's the point, is, know, is, know, is know your personnel. But Tennessee, listen, Tennessee was in it all the way up until the fourth quarter. Listen, I want to talk about Tannehill. He had a great game. You know, but you know, since week seven, he's six and two. He's thrown over two thousand yards passing, seventeen touchdowns, five interceptions, and up seventy-two percent completion. That is a prime example of if you can separate yourself from Adam Gase, you can you can do well because he played well at Texas A and M when he was there. Absolutely, he goes down to Miami, and. You just look at him. You're like, can you can, like, can you be that bad? Like, you did so good in college. How can you be that bad? Yeah. And I, I, one of the guys in our fantasy league is a diehard Dolphins fan, and he swore up and down, like, you know, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, 
Well, if you look at the stats, if that's what you call great, then fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know. How, how do you see bad? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and now you have th- this, like, uh, born-again, you know, Tannehill that's just out there just stunting, man. Like, I, I just... Uh, same thing. I, I, the, the kid is, just, he's a stud, man. He is a stud. Tennessee is in a great position. Um, you know, they're, they're eight and six. I, I couldn't even tell you what they finished last year, but I almost want to think it was, I don't even think they were five, 500 last year. Um, they're, you know, they're eight and six right now. I don't know where they're sitting in their division right off the top of my head, but there is potential, I think, next season for them to grow with Tannehill. And go and to where they'll be able to get a full seventeen game season out of him, and he'll be able to deliver. Maybe make some good moves in the off season. Um, I I watched the highlights of the game, uh, you know, prepping for for the show here. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see the full game. But he, I I got my eye on him. You know, I maybe next year if I might need a quarterback in the old fantasy league, maybe I might uh, pick him up as a secondary option. And without, you know, without question, and, you know, last year, you know, last year, Tennessee finished third last year. They were nine, they were nine and seven last year and finished third. That's how good the AFC South was. So last year, and, you know, they're in a position still to win it. They're in second, you know, with, with Tennessee, you know, I always say, you know, the Tennessee's not a terrible, listen, the future's bright. AJ Brown, that rookie. Eight receptions, 114 yards. Chris, he leads the team. He leads the team in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and receptions with 47. That's Tennessee. Derrick Henry didn't have his grades. He had under under 100 yards rushing. But it goes to show you that Tannehill brings that balance, and it also further shows to the point that you made. Coaching matters. Adam Gase. You know, if if I'm a Jet fan like you, Chris, I'm. I'm 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 calling the Johnson family like look, Sam Darnold, this is a blue chipper. And look what look what Gates did with Ryan Tannehill. You know, and I say at some point it goes to show you a change of scenery and a coach who actually lets him do what he wants to do, let you know, that helps too, because Tannehill was not a terrible quarterback. And speaking of not terrible quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. I think what the Minnesota Vikings to you is like that's you know like that team that you really like. I really love Seattle because I, I really love Russell Wilson. I love this organization. You know, Russ he is ha- he is another human being that's on a whole another level. Absolutely, you know, twenty and twenty six, two eighty six, two touchdowns, and this is the and this is a great fact I believe because you know I always say this. I want to thank the and I, and I and I don't and I didn't do it the last couple of times we've done the podcast, but the folks over at at Sports Reference, I thank those people a great deal. You can check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and you know. And it's been, I'll leave there. I'll leave a little message in the in the in the, in, the uh, in this episode to go check out their stuff because I love filling around there doing these stats. Seattle under Russell Wilson since 2012, Chris, they're 19 and six when they play in the Eastern Time Zone. So when they fly when they fly out our way, Chris. They're a great football team. And they're one of those teams that they get rid of that stigma of, oh, flying over to the East Coast. Listen, this team travels well. And come playoff time, that's super important. Absolutely. 
that's what that's what breaks a lot of teams is that they'll uh they'll get on the road when it matters and they choke you know and that that's and and you would think that that's not a thing in the nfl but you know there is a certain teams that travel well and certain teams that don't and i think also it factors into you know maybe certain stadiums are just harder to play in than uh than others but it just doesn't matter where Seattle goes. Russell Wilson just has command of every place that he steps foot in. Absolutely. And, and you know, listen, he has a running game. You know, Chris Carson, fantasy, my fantasy guy, he gave me 133 yards, two touchdowns. And ironically, Chris, this is week 15, and that's his first game with two touchdowns. And, it's, and that's his first game that Chris Carson had two rushing touchdowns this whole season. And and Tyler Lockett, eight receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. And, you know, I want to throw in Josh Gordon, screwed the pooch again. <laughs> He's going to play baseball. <laughs> yeah, listen, folks, listen. You know, Rob Manfred, listen. You know, I, the Mariners are bad. And all I'm saying is, if you see Josh Gordon show up at your stadium, listen, will he be high? Yes. But can he play? Sure. So, can he run? Yeah. So, he could be like the Willie Mays Hayes. Listen, he can hit. He can get you a little, a couple of singles. But, you know, but he's a speedster. Because Josh Gordon, I don't think, he's in a position where, like, look, he doesn't deserve a second chance. Seattle took a flyer on him, and Seattle's still playing well without him. That's a testament to Pete Carroll and that great defense who had K.J. Wright, the linebacker, had two interceptions. But, Chris, I want to talk about the Carolina Panthers. If you'll indulge me here. Absolutely. Kyle Allen, like you mentioned, this dude was great. This dude was was like, you know, I love we like to, we always like to throw it back. We looked at this dude as like he was the second coming. Like this dude's gonna Carolina's gonna be fine. And then all of a sudden he pulls a Milli Vanilli and he's a fraud all of a sudden. You know, all of a sudden the record player it's it's skipping. The taper player is jammed and he's He's getting exposed. Listen, he's been sacked 25 times the last six games. He had three interceptions this game. Uh, you know, and there's a report that Will Greer, the backup, is going to start week 16, and I think, why not? And I think, once again, when we get into our next week to our college, we'll talk about Carolina's one of those teams in the market for a quarterback. And I have a and I have an ideal guy on my board. You know, but that's the, that's the trailer, folks, so stay tuned next week. But, but continue to listen now. But I, I want to go back to Christian McCaffrey. Listen, Christian McCaffrey, you know, I don't want to say this dude's career. Remember, like, remember Corey Dillon with the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, that name rings a bell. Great running back, great talent. He never really had the playoff experience. Christian McCaffrey may be in that position. Christian Chris McCaffrey, he's the first Carolina Panthers player to eclipse 2,000 yards from scrimmage in this season. I think at some point, you know, I always say you build around a quarterback, but I say you build around Christian McCaffrey. Because at some point, Chris, uh, Carolina, you know, I don't know if Will Grizz the end. I don't know if Kyle Allen. All I know is that I can comfortably say that I think they're going to move on from Canada in the offseason. I can say that with great comfortability. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, – see, the, the thing is, is, it's like we were talking about. I remember we talked about Cam Newton possibly going to – Chicago, but then I'm wondering, you know, Trubisky's out here balling the fuck out again. 
is it just maybe he's got a case of of the Winston crab legs where you know he just can't he can't stay consistent for one reason or another and 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 and, and that to me that that's a great point and and I and I do believe at some point Chris I believe I'll get to Jameis but I want to finish up with these Panthers Chris they they're on a six game losing streak which means that it really wasn't Ron Rivera's fault so I would love to to stop right there for a second. The dream world for me is that we fire Adam Gase and we pick up Ron Rivera. That that is a dream come true. And you know what? We have uh, arguably the best running back in the league. I would say second best. I think Christian McCaffrey deserves the title of the best. I think we've got the second best running back in the league with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Crowder and Robbie Anderson make a great wide receiver pair. They're not the Thielen and Diggs or the the Jones and Ridley, but they're definitely on their way up there. We could use a tight end. You get a good coach like Ron Rivera in 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 the situation that the AFC East is in right now. I think the Pats are about done. I think that. Their their welcome has worn off. They've been caught cheating too many times, and it's time to go night nights. And the Bills are good, but I think if you line them up against more stiffer competition within their division, I think that AFC East is up for grabs. I think with a coaching change, I think we could at least be an eight and eight program. I I, I agree with that, and and when, you know with Tom Brady. Folks, you know, I think you bring up a very good point, Chris, and I kind of semi-feel that way about the the NFC South. I believe at some point, Drew Brees, I think he might retire at the end of this season. I think if you're a team like Atlanta, you fire Dan Quinn. You bring in like a Ron Rivera. You bring, there's a lot of great candidates, and we'll get to those candidates, you know, for sure, you know, as, as the season concludes. But ideally there's going to be a lot of end of great tenures. And I think what new England had the new England stranglehold on the AFC East, I think it's over. Go look at Josh Allen. And you heard me talk about Sam Darnold ad nauseum. And, you know, in Miami, I think Miami will figure that out at quarterback as well. But as far as Carolina goes, Chris, their six game losing streak, they're negative 14 turnover differential and they have a negative 63 point differential. They're they're terrible, and the offense. Listen, the defense is not the problem; it's the offense. It's kind of like the Todd Bowles issue, where Todd Bowles, like you mentioned, I and I love because my my dad's a huge Bucks fan, and I said when they hired Todd Bowles, and I talked to him and I said, "You guys got a great defensive guy." Because listen, he listen, stopping people wasn't the problem; it was trying to score on the other team that was the problem, and. And I think down the road, I I look at a team, I look at the NFC South as just as open as the AFC East in the next two years. I really do. But speaking of, to kind of pick up the pace and wrap up, listen, the Bears-Packers game, Trubisky, okay game. He had 334 yards, had a good game. Allen Robinson, 125. Anthony Miller, 118 yards. But, Chris, the Green Bay Packers... They're the team to me that I'm really not sold on, and they're 11 and three. They're kind of like how I feel about the New England Patriots, where, yeah, I know they're 11 and three, 
but what they've got an easy walk. Yeah, and and if you look at the teams that they've demol that 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 beaten them, I've always said if you can run the ball on the Green Bay Packers, you're going to win the game. I've always said that. You look at you just look at it. San Francisco. What did San Francisco do? Ran it down their throats. What did the Chargers do? Ran it down their throats. It's it's not really that convoluted of a concept. But listen, as far as against the dominance against the Bears, listen. The Packers are 19, Aaron Rodgers are 19 and 5 against the Bears. When he, he's 19 and 5. And they've swept the Bears for the 15th time in the last 26 seasons and the seventh time in 11 seasons. If I'm Matt Nagy, I'd be in the market for a Cam Newton. I'd be in the market for a quarterback. I think that if this game didn't epitomize it, the last two games will. Because this, this to me, this is Trubisky's audition to even to, to even pick up an option. It's cheaper to pick up his option. But if you feel that you have the pieces there, and I think we can we can agree, Chris, the defense is not that bad. It's a very good defense. And but mind you, it's the NFC South where you got to contend with Minnesota and Green Bay, Detroit. Uh, I heard they were a football team, <laughs> and and so so it creates an interesting dilemma there. And, and speaking of of dilemmas, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I want to that's, start with... Oh that's more God. than a dilemma. That is... You need to go to marriage counseling and anti-suicide counseling and be locked in a padded room. The people that thought the Browns were a good team have the same type of mental dejection that was portrayed in the Joker where everything essentially was just kind of like in your head and nothing ever happened. It's, it, it's the, I think it's like the wizard of Oz. Like there's no place like home. Do they do does Cleveland want them to come home? Because ET's like, listen, if that's where I live, uh, I'm good. He's not even phoning home to Cleveland. Nobody. Here's the problem, Chris. Well, first and foremost, let's respect the Arizona Cardinals. Listen, Kenyon Drake, that was a great trade by the Arizona Cardinals, by the way. Four touchdowns. Absolutely. He's the first Cardinal player to score four touchdowns and the rushing touchdowns in the game since 1993. So Kenyon Drake is a solid pickup. So I'll give credit. But, Chris, look, I think I've bashed a lot of people this season. I think we both have. But... <laughs> We're not welcome, probably in. We're not probably, whole, you know, the whole state of Ohio. Yeah, you know, I'd say some parts of the East too, but I think it probably in the top twenty-five cities. We're probably banned in half. Because here's the thing, Cleveland. Nick Chubb, 127 yards and a touchdown. That's his fourth game with 120 plus rush yards. He's tied for first with Christian McCaffrey. Why aren't you running the ball, Freddie? And listen, you know, Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens looks like the dad. He looks like he looks like a high school coach, not a good high school coach, just like a guy who's just the assistant to the high school coach. His personality, I go back to when they played the Steelers the second time and this dude wore a shirt that said Steelers started it. You're a coach. You're the you're the on-field CEO and you're wearing that. His it, just shows, 
it, it shows the uh, the attitude of the team and the organization. You know, they're not the bad boy Raiders of the uh, 80s. They're not the early 90s bad boys and the Detroit Pistons in the NBA. Uh, they're not the NWO and WCW. Yeah, it, it is very important for the record. I want to clarify. Not that NWO crap toward like the end of WCW. We're talking, we're talking Hogan, Nash. We're talking the, Hogan. The Hulk, bad boys, Nash. Razor Ramon. We're talking those dudes. Like Virgil, how the hell did he get an NWO? But, you know, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole rant for another day. But continue. But, you know, the Brown, the Browns, the problem is you get, you got a lot of personalities on that team. You have Baker Mayfield, who's got an ego, uh, an ego issue. You have Kareem Hunt that whatever happened with him off the field. Uh, I never really got the full story. I heard that there was some some shit being thrown around, but so you got his attitude. You have uh, Odell Beckham, I think, who is the modern day bitchy version of he's like the metrosexual version of Terrell Owens. Uh, and then you have just Nick Chubb out there, just trying to do some Nick Chubb shit. And you have all this talent, Jarvis Landry, and his. You know, uh, ego. You have all these egos. You have a coach that can't control it and that probably fuels their stupidity. That can't coach football to save his life. And I mean, I'm I'm shocked that the Browns honestly even have six wins. I can't really talk shit because they have one more than the Jets right now. Um, but you just sit back and you look and you ask yourself, how in the holy hell are we even at? At, at this point with that much talent in a locker room. But it all starts from the top. That's something that I've preached from day one, and, I, and I've talked a lot about it, on whether it's sports or work or whatever. Leadership starts from the top. If you have an idiot running your organization, it will be doomed. It, 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 it's like letting the inmates run the asylum, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's what the Browns are right now. Uh, but like you said, hats off. Kyler Murray played a hell of a game. Kenyon Drake played a hell of a game. Um, you know, so not to, to discredit them, but yeah, absolutely, the Browns are just they're they're, they're they're awful. And and I talked about leadership. I think in one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, when my when I do when I did my regular podcast, which will be coming back soon, folks. I'm not gonna, I don't know when, but I talked about leadership. And Chris, you hit the nail on the head. This is a top-down thing. Jimmy Haslam, instead of him getting a legit coach, Chris, he had Mike McCarthy sitting there. And... Could have took Adam Gase. And Adam Gase. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you like... Uh, do you... I put it like this. Do you like beets or do you like radishes? That's, that's pretty much the question when it comes to, to Adam Gase. And... At some point, Chris, I look at the Cleveland Browns, and I just laugh. I just laugh. Because all I heard was, Chris, they're going to the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? They got to buy tickets now. And I hope they got the money to do it. And and here's the thing, Chris. You know who has more receiving touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr.? Probably it- almost every active receiver in the NFL. Oh, no. I'll, I'll do you one better. Taysom Hill the quarterback slash whatever for the New Orleans Saints has more receiving touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. 
A dude who's probably maybe, if I'm calculating my head correctly, maybe the third or fourth option on the Saints' offense has more touchdowns on a team who Odell Beckham's probably the second option at worst. Yeah, that that speaks for itself uh, right there, man. And, and to put a bow on that, listen, we're hitting a new decade. Since 2010, you know what the Cleveland Browns record is? Since 2010, Chris, it's the worst record of the decade. There, there's no doubt about that. I would say, uh, let's see, here, six, there's six right now. Uh, ten. I would say they have no more than 20 wins. They're 42, 115, and one. Wow. All right. So I suck. Well, listen, I, uh, uh, folks. If you're a Cleveland friend, you got your quarterback is the Tri-State Flasher in Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Jr. is is a dude that, let's face it, I think he's, listen, I think all of me, he needs to go back to that boat in Miami, that he needs to go back there. Because apparently he was catching more waves than he was catching touchdown passes in Cleveland. Because at some point, Chris, I just laughed. When I, and I put a nice little Facebook, I put it on Facebook and Instagram. Like, Chris, the, the Cleveland Browns right now, the only thing right now they can beat, Chris, is the traffic. I don't even think they can do that. And, I mean, they may get hit like Frocker. And and to kind of wrap up, I want to wrap up. You know, deep, Minnesota defense, seven turnovers. Chargers, you know, listen. Hey, go catch a Lakers game. And, uh, you know, I want to go back to my Falcons real quick to wrap, you know, as an end point here. Chris, they, the Falcons scored two touchdowns in the last five seconds of the game. And that's like, it reminded me of Reggie Miller when he made those three threes versus the Knicks back in the 90s. Yeah. And I'm like, how did, like, Spike Lee and the, you know, listen, Julio Jones, you talked about Julio Jones. Julio Jones, he was targeted 20 times that game. Chris, in, in Julio Jones' career, he's had 59 games in his career with 10 or more targets since 2011 and the first is antonio clown i'm sorry brown i'm sorry i'm sorry folks that b was supposed to be that c was be a b my apologies folks and maddie ice that's why i call him maddie ice you know all the girls like him chris because you know why he's 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 icy you know why he's icy 29 career fourth quarter comebacks 2008 that's first 38 game winning drives that's tied for first with drew Brees. I don't understand how he does it. I really don't, but God damn it, he can do it. I've always said the problem is never with Matt Ryan. Now, if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have said Matt Ryan. But, folks, time heals wounds. I know it ain't Matt Ryan. And the 49ers, you know how big of a loss that was to San Francisco instead of the embarrassment? That they, that knocked them down a few pegs. Yeah, they, they clinched their playoff berth, so congrats. But they dropped from the first to the fifth seed in the NFC. So they went from hosting a playoff game, having a bye week, to now potentially playing on wild card weekend. On the road, by the way. Jesus. So all I'm saying is that they they could potentially be going on the road against, against either whoever wins the NFC, the loser of the NFC North. Because basically... 
the NFC North, you need an NFC you need ten wins at least to win uh, to be a wild card team, and both teams check the bill. So they went from that to that. And and at the end of the day, Chris, I, you know, you know, I didn't touch on Pittsburgh, but congrats to Buffalo. Four, it's their four, one. They won their fourth game in five times. Still with their first ten win season since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, hats off to him, man. That is just. And Josh Allen and these dudes, listen, they beat the Steelers for the second time ever in Pittsburgh. The first time since a 20-point win in the 1993 AFC Divisional Playoff Round. We were playing in sandboxes the last time they won on the road. <laughs> and and we, were, and we were watching, what, Power Rangers? Still the last time these dudes won on the road in Pittsburgh. Tredavious White, two interceptions. The Pittsburgh Steelers, listen. Doug Hodges, boy, if this was Doug Hunt, boy, he got shot really bad. Four interceptions and a fumble the Steelers had. But listen, T.J. Watt, listen, you guys still got T.J. Watt, and you have one sack in your last. And the Steelers have registered at least one sack in 55 straight games. So that's a situation. But all I got to say is, Chris, when we transition to fantasy football is this time of year, we get like this is why I say early games matter. I think we can think about when we get to fans that we can think about the one or two games we should have won but lost and come back to bite you. But then if you make it all the way to the end, it's all for naught. But I look at I look at the 49ers, Chris, that loss on Sunday and the way Seattle's playing, where the way Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are in December, Chris, scary. It's it's scary, and they can go on, and I just don't know. Listen, if they got to go to Minnesota, I don't know right now who can beat Minnesota. And listen, when you get beat, listen, when Dalvin Cook got hurt, and you're losing to a guy who you had to look up on your, on you had to look up on the internet who he is, that's not a good sign for any other team to leave. But speaking of league, before we go to fantasy, Chris, you and I, we've had our competition all year long. With the picks. Where are we at? Where are we at? And so I'm holding a fancy pen for those who can't see in podcast land to look important. So, well, first and foremost, we, I'm going to say it like this. I think, you know, I think it's appropriate that, you know, we're both in the final in our, in in your, in the league. Because Chris, right now, there's only one game separating us. In, in these picks. Chris, you're 137, 86 and one. I'm 138, 85 and one. <laughs> and the thing is, Chris, we both went nine and seven this week. So, so, and like you said, when we talked, when we talked, uh, we talked a couple days ago, it's going to come down to week 17. Yep. And, and, and proverbially for fantasy, this is our week 17 here for us. So, so with that being said, Chris, it's, it's championship time in a lot, in pretty much all leagues. Give us this very important start and sit for fantasy football. Well, it has begun. It is, it is the final fight. If this is Mortal Kombat, you'd be fighting Shao Kahn. If this is Mario, you'd be taking on Bowser. And for Ladarius, well... He stuck with me. <laughs> so, 
You have, if you've made it to this far, ladies and gentlemen, and all things in between, con- congratulations to you and kudos. If you haven't, well, good luck next season. You can always start over and try again. Uh, so both of my leagues I'm actually playing, because uh, I've narrowed it down. I used to do like four to five leagues a year. I've narrowed it down to two, and... Uh, I'm playing for the Super Bowl in both of them, if that tells you anything. So, your starters and sitters and all things in between. This is where it gets very, very crucial uh, if you have these fellas or if they're available. Because this is the difference between all of the ability to shit talk and berate your friends and, and bust balls. And to come so close to touch it and then you miss. It's like... You take the smoking hot girl out and the entire time you think that you're going to take her home and do all sorts of horrible, disgusting things to her. And then she offers you a handshake. That's about the equivalency, I think, of losing the final game. <laughs> you don't even get a hug. You get a firm, crisp handshake. A very crisp handshake. Yeah. So for this week, you've got uh, – I'll, I'll roll through some some key positions. Your quarterback's. Naturally, your starters, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, uh, Patrick Mahomey. Um, Some strong starts. Uh, Jameis Winston going to Houston. Uh, I mean, he's down his two elite wideouts and still somehow just destroying it. I don't understand how. Uh, I, I think that Houston's defense... There's a little bit in, a, in in disarray. I think we can we can both agree on that. Without um, question, I think that this is going to be a a big upside for Jameis, um, and, and it's going to lead a lot to, to a lot of good things. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Ryan Tannehill, same thing. I've been kind of hot on him. Multiple touchdowns over multiple games. Going against uh, New Orleans, I think actually they're going to. New Orleans, I don't think it's going to play as hard due to playoff security and so on and so forth. Uh, Breeze got his record. I think they're going to kind of cool it, and because they're not playing that full speed, I think that gives Tannehill a good option. Matty Ice going to Jacksonville. I expect him and Julio just to outright shred uh, Jacksonville's defense. They're just all all over the place. Um. Let's see here. Maybe some deep streamers. Um, Tom Brady going against Buffalo. That could go either way. Jimmy G, uh, you know, that could go either way. Um, some quarterbacks to take a seat. I think Carolina's going to bounce back, so I, I would definitely uh, put Jacoby Brissett on the bench. I would put Mitchell Trubitsky on the bench against Kansas City's defense. Uh Sam Darnold put him uh, on the bench against the, the the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to come back for blood next week, uh, and then of course Baker Mayfield going to Baltimore. That will that will be very very bad. Uh, little Baker made out the last go around, but I think this time it's a whole other team he's playing. Uh, for running backs, of course your starters: Dalvin Cook, Shaquan Barkley, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke. Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, your usual suspects, as I like to call them. Uh, your strong starts are going to be uh, Marlon Mack for Indy going against Carolina, Miles Sanders uh, from Philly going against Dallas, Kenyon Drink. Yeah, you you know talked heavy on him. 
Uh, I think uh, I think going against Seattle is going to be a good. He's going to have a good game. I still think Seattle wins naturally, but still, uh, Devonta Freeman. I think that again, this is just going to be a clinical beating up on Jacksonville. Um, I think Raheem uh, Mostart from uh, San Fran. He's going to be very very angry from what just happened this week. So I think he's going to hurt the uh, the Rams quite well. Um, some streamers, uh, maybe Philip Lindsay from uh, uh, from Denver, um, and then James Crowd or excuse me, James Connor going to New York. Uh, some people to sit definitely Kareem Hunt. Uh, put him on the bench. Devin Singletary, uh, and then on the opposite side of the ball, the entire running back core of the New England Patriots. James White, Sony Michelle, Robert Burkett. If you've got any of them, I would just go ahead and, and sit them down. Buffalo's run defense is disturbing. Um, Carlos, I'd go into Tampa. Any running back minus Dalvin Cook, I would say sit going against Tampa or maybe Zeke just because of their level of, of capability. Um, uh, I mean, that, that, you got those guys. Uh, and then I'd probably take Latavius Murray, put him on the bench as well. Uh, wideouts, of course, all of your suspects, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, blah, 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 blah. Some strong starts if you need some streamers. Uh, Brashad Perriman from Tampa Bay going against Houston. Uh, Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati going against Miami. Uh, DK Metcalf going against Arizona from the Seahawks. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and the Colts uh, going against Carolina's defense. I, I, I don't know if they forgot to show up. Um, and then, of course, some of your sleepers. Uh, Kenny Stills from the Texans because Tampa's secondary just is still questionable. Um, these receivers definitely tuck away, save them for another day. Uh, John Brown, Kenny Galladay. Anthony Miller, Christian Kirk, Emmanuel Sanders, and Debo Sweeney. I think both of them are going to be a a very bad idea. Robbie Anderson and and Jamison Crowder going against uh, Pitt. They shocked us against Baltimore. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be playing with that giant chip on their shoulder. Um, Tight ends, if you have Greg Kittle and you don't start him, please seek mental health services immediately. Um, and then you're, you know, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, so on and so forth. Your stronger starts, I think, are going to be Tyler Higby from LA going against San Fran. San Fran doesn't do too well against tight ends. Uh, Jacob Hollister from the Seahawks, OJ Howard, uh, going against Houston. Um, OJ Howard is going to be that big body that, uh, that Jameis throws to in, in case of emergency. Uh, Kyle Rudolph from the Vikings. Uh, the Packers have a serious issue. Uh, they are the number one point allower of tight ends over the past seven weeks. So be careful on that. Greg Olson, I think coming back off of his uh, uh, injury, I think he's going to want to end his career on a high note anyway uh, against the Colts. And again, the Colts aren't the best for... Uh, Defensive coverages for tight ends anyway. Um, your weaker starts, uh, probably, of course, Jack Doyle from the Colts. 
Uh, Jason Witten from the Cowboys. He's just, I think, too old at this point. Tyler Eifert, Cameron Bray. If for some godforsaken reason you're starting him over O.J. Howard, you're nuts. Um, even if they go into a two tight end set, because I think they're going to push it on the ground more since their lack of receivers, I still would just find another uh, tight end to throw to. Uh, Howard's getting all the starts there. And then defense, uh, Patriots, Ravens, Steelers, Falcons, Seahawks. And then your weaker starters are going to be uh, the Giants, the Texans, the Jets, the Rams, and the Packers, I think. Other than that, that's my uh, stardom sit for the final countdown, the main event. Uh, all we need is Bruce Buffer right now, Ladarius, to uh, jump up in between me and you and say we are live, and this is for the – undisputed uh championship here yeah and you know what you know i'm gonna be perfectly honest and i don't want it to sound like it's condescending but i i honestly thought because i played the one seed i played i played i think with the fapping i played last week and and i really thought that you know, I had a big lead starting. I'm like, okay, then. But if, but when I saw who he benched, Chris, do you know who he benched? And I felt so much easier. He. Let's take a look. And you're gonna look at his bench if you go back to the schedule, and you're gonna see why. You know, why I was like, oh wow, you see it. Yeah, he benched old famous Jameis. And and I'm like, you know, the only mistake I made was was really was Amendola. I had Amendola on the bench for Kenny Galladay, and I contemplated that move last week. But but I was really worried when I looked at his bench, and then I said, "Oh no, this guy has James Winston," and and I couldn't believe. But, you know, I'll put it this way. If given that situation, I probably would have started Lamar Jackson, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think anyone would have expected uh, Jameis to throw that type of yardage. Um, And, you know, and and Lamar Jackson's definitely, um, I would consider, a very safe quarterback to bet on. Yeah. and, and, And the thing is, the thing with Jameis, you know, he's the first quarterback ever to throw 450 yards in back-to-back game. So we, we know, but the thing is with Jameis is consistency. So I, I understand completely why. And, you know, relatively, you know, we didn't get here because you got here by the, the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, and I kind of got, got there by the hair of my semi-chinny-chin-chin as well. Your your differential was point zero six for that game. Yeah, mine was a point six four. So between both of our games, the deciding factor combined was still less than one one point. Yeah, that's yeah. that's some damn good football right there. And it speaks to how it speaks to how competitive this league has been. It, it and. And the thing is, Cooper Cup. Listen, I was about ready to fly to Dallas myself, and 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 until Sean McVay, listen, this game's out of hand. Throw the ball to Cooper Cup. I mean, I mean, 
I was about to rip because I because that was the one guy I, I was like, okay, if Cooper Cup could just I wasn't I, I wasn't expecting a, a big game because I know the Rams were transitioning to running the ball more with Gurley. But Cooper Cup, I always still feel is their number one receiver. If if I misread the death chart, but the that Tyler Higby, you know, is taking over at tight end. But you know, Cooper Cup is still their best. You know, to me, their best option. And and that was a nail biter. You know, Russ. You know, Russ came through. But you know, shout out to Miles Sanders. Shout out to that dude. Because that dude. You want to talk about clutch? Getting forty-three points out of that dude. I mean, I didn't see it coming. No. I mean, you know, I I didn't see nineteen carries, one hundred and twenty-two yards, and a touchdown coming. I I for me personally, I just didn't see it coming. But it, it speaks to how it speaks to how good this league is, and it speaks to how. What is it? Just like in the, it's just I put it this way. It speaks to how the NFL is. Listen, the later in the season it goes, listen, you know, it's about, luckily for me, I got off to a great start and I kind of backpedaled toward the end. So I kind of, you know, you know, I kind of drove crazy into the playoffs. You know, on a, I think I went in losing like three or four, four or five and going in. So my biggest thing was consistency. And I really didn't expect to be the number one seed. I really didn't. But, you know, it goes to show you that when you get games like from Miles Sanders and when you're – and the other guy, and Jameis Woods had this great game, but he benched him. You know, certain things have to work in your favor. Yeah. And, and it did. And, and now it's us. And, you know, I kind of feel that's poetic. Yeah, because we've been – yeah, we've been duking it out uh... – the in, the entire go around here and uh, yeah here we are and and I mean I tell listen I people like oh it's co-. like listen there's a and I and I this is why I defend my buddy Chris here if you haven't been listening to this man's picks the the last you know 15 weeks you know now 16 weeks you've been listening to this man's picks for the last four months I can't help you <laughs> Be, I, I really can't because there's a reason why. He had that Belichick draft. The man knows how to draft. He knows what he's doing. As for me, I think I know what I'm doing. I'm not sure. But but the point is, is that when we talk about fantasy football, even when we recap the games, we 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 use the numbers, but we also use we also we also use other logic. We don't, it's not always numeric. We don't you always use quantitative, we also use qualitative data as well. Because it's equally important. Quantitative and qualitative data is very important. You know, baseball, it, it's, it's more sabermetrics, but the NFL, football, listen, you got it. It's the eye test. And we see things, and you see it reflected in Chris's, in his top-notch start and sit segments, where, listen, sometimes it's the eye test. And, and I remember asking about Odell Beckham Jr. I guarantee you, Chris, people still didn't listen. Because... I think it's when Taysom Hill, essentially your third string quarterback, has more receiving touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I mean, something. If you want to pick fantasy, if you want to pick fantasy bust of the season, he's somewhere in the top ten because 
it was a great expectation, folks. And I always say, listen, you put all your eggs in that basket. Listen, unless you're the world's strongest man or woman, that basket's going to break. Because at some point, you can't. Odell Beckham Jr. just proved he just wasn't. Freddie Kitchens can't coach. A lot of things factor in. But I'm glad it's you and me in the final. Because it's 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 close. It's close in our picks. This is the you know in the in the league, and I think it's appropriate. I think it's and I want to be like you know high horse guy, but I think it's very apropos, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I can definitely uh, definitely agree on that. It's uh, it well at least it shows you've been listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, I'm not just a guy who sits here and. And, 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 and watches Instagram models while you talk. Well, that's not all the way true. But the point is, is that I do listen. I do pay attention. You know, it, it definitely, um, you know, the the one see that the irony of this is that uh, so our, my other buddy uh, in this league, Jake, he uh, I got him actually roped into fantasy football a few years ago. Uh, I think three or four seasons ago. Is when I introduced him to it, and he uh, he never never did it, never got into it, and then he always saw me doing it, and I was like, dude, it's fun. Why don't I was like, why don't you just join my league this season, try it out, and uh, so he joined in, and he just sat there like, holy shit, this is insane, like this is so much fun, and then he just watched. So he sat and watched me for a season and just the different moves, the trades. And he's pretty intelligent when it comes to, uh, you know, the game of football and players and stats and, and things like that. And he loved it so much. He opened, he started doing his own league and plus my league and a couple others. And, uh, you know, now he's, I'm, I'm, I'm actually playing him for the championship game in his league. And then, I, and then I've got you in my league and, uh, it's the same thing in here is that we, we've been close all season. Uh, we kind of did the polar opposite. I got off to a really hard, rough start, and then you had that real hard ending. So I think our schedule is probably – I played from 15 to 1, and then you played from 1 to 15, I think. And uh, it shows it. You know, I mean, we, our records were tied going into the playoffs. Naturally, I just was blowing everybody out of the water with points. And then even with Yahoo, how they got the little stupid medals. Uh, I'm, I, I've got 34 medals at, in our league. The closest guy to me has got 28. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know how many. I haven't really looked at that. Uh, you have actually. You're in fourth place with 25. So you're definitely, uh, you're definitely on the uh, on the up and up there. Um, yeah, it was. It's been a fun league, and I would say that I wish you the best of luck next week. I mean, well, you could. That I would could. be that would be the gentlemanly thing to do. Well, let's face it. Me and gentlemen don't go in the same sentence. So I, I agree with that. I, I, hope, I hope that I completely shit wreck you this week, and we can still be buddies. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, folks, that's the closest you're going to get. I mean, that's that's my way of saying good luck. It's it's like on. I remember an episode of Family Guy where Peter's dad and Peter's dad wasn't really an emotional guy. And then they had, then they had like the band play the music. Like, and he's like, "All right, folks, that's close enough." Because and I, and with Chris, that that's close enough. 
because in my in the other league I'm in, I'm also in the finals playing just the Midwest Marauders. So, you know, it, I, like I always say, it's fun. And, and what I always say is that, you know, having having a passion for football helps. It yeah. helps. It, it, it always helps because it's not just about because I think even before we wrap up, even one of the things that I think we both can agree on, we both have our favorite teams who have been just they both been god awful this year. But but we're able to talk about other teams in a very unbiased way. And and that brings perspective not just to the podcast, but it brings it to fantasy. Because when you do your start and sit-ems, it brings perspective. You're, you're not you're not crowning you're not you're not telling people, hey, go flood with the Jets and and, and I'm not saying, hey man, start everybody. It's it's being unbiased, but you get a lot of people who say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just you know, and I think it's important people understand that if they do decide to do fantasy football, that listen, having passion is great, but but folks, be smart. I'm not saying be Einstein smart. I'm not saying be Stephen Hawking smart. I'm just talking about pure good old common sense. Because I think at the end of the day, Chris, I don't know if you'll agree. You know, having the football knowledge makes sense, but having common sense is equally it's equally important. Because people go into the leagues and then they just try, they try to and they try to go out and try to get the best player. And sometimes the best player is not the best player available. And it's but some people, the way they draft, it, to me, it's a convoluted process for some. But when you're fans like us, it's it's easier. And, and I think it's and I think it's important to tell the people. It's because listen, if you do fantasy, I I always suggest it. And and I always say once again, you know, for the last week, if you got any thoughts and comments, especially we got a lot of good feedback when we wrap up about Michael Vick, our buddy Derek. You know, he mentioned you. He mentioned you a lot. He doesn't talk about me, but we're not going to get into that. I'm not going to be salty like other people. In this. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Because I always say, folks, when you go low, America, I'll go high. Why? Well, because I'm 6'4". So, so literally, I always have to go high. So, but, but you know, we got a lot of great feedback. And, and then I should also talk about next week, you know, for the podcast. But also, talk, it's going to be all college. So, you know, hopefully we'll get to bash. I meant we'll talk about Ohio State. Sorry, folks. These these notes are just ridiculous. But but before we before we put a bow on things, is there one last thing you want to say, my man? Uh, No, man. Uh, You know, at the college is, uh, you know, kind of come and wind down on that. We got the ball games. I think we'll I think we discussed that we'll do a. an episode next week on on bowl games and the best quarterbacks going into the draft. Uh, for this week's episode, um, you know it was a great week in 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 the NFL fantasy. Uh, it was good watching me uh, very quietly and and viciously claw my way into the playoffs. When you when you go from dead last to the second seed. Uh, that's not dumb luck. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I was I was looking at the strength of schedule. I had the second worst uh, or hardest, I guess, strength of schedule. However, you would want to word it. Um, and then it, it's actually fun if you get on the Yahoo on the website. You can actually look at the record book and 
all the stupid team statistics and head to head. And it's just all sorts of fun stuff. And, and you and I, ha- our names are up there on uh, more than one occasion. So uh, it was fun. I look forward to it next year. And uh, it's just cool having and we can all just bust each other's balls and, uh, and and still not kill each other afterwards. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like the Christmas dinner that, that it should be. Exactly. But, I mean, uh, and then I, I actually did bring some trivia to the table. I know I was a little ill-prepared last week. Um, but I actually brought... And this is actual something fun we can do. Okay. So, in 2006, mm-hmm. what MLB player, Major League Baseball player... Became the first player in history to do a 40-40-40. So that's 40 home runs, 40 steals, and 40 doubles. So if you can be so kind to post that up on the wall, on uh, Sports in the World, and on the Twitterverse, and the all the internets and interwebs, and let's see who could get that up. So once again, in 2006, what MLB baseball player was the first baseball player in history to get, to do a 40-40-40? 40 home runs in a season, 40 steals in a season, and 40 doubles in a season. And we'll uh, we'll answer that next week. And, yep. So folks, once again, this, in 2006, what major league player had a was the first in Major League history to have a 40-40-40 season. That's a very good question. And, and like I always say, baseball is my first love. And I, I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to look up the answer. I'm going to be literally sitting around probably thinking, taking walks. Like I take, I take occasional walks and thinking about that. Do you care but, to take a guess? Or do you want well, to think on it? Well, if I can ask for indulge me with one hint, it, 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 he played for an NL team. Okay, that's the hint. Okay, NL team. because the one guy I had was AL. NL team, team two thousand six. So that cuts it down in half. Yeah, it does. Okay, I two thousand six. I think I have a name. I might, but I'm gonna sit on it. I'm gonna sit on All it right. until next. I'll set them for next week. All right. And, and and anything else you want to add, buddy? That's it, man. Uh, the holidays are coming up, so uh, Merry, uh, whatever the hell you celebrate, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, uh, I don't know, folding paper airplanes and throwing them at people. Whatever you do, have fun. Have fun with your family. Uh, please be considerate. There are a lot of people traveling. So if you're on the roads, don't drive like an asshole. If you're driving in, uh, non-perfect conditions, like right now, uh, I'm in, in New York city right now and I haven't seen the sun in well over 24 hours. And I think today's high was 35 and there's like a slush icy like the bottom end of the slurping machine at the Seven Eleven is pretty much on all of the roads up here. So be careful and be nice. I know you guys are trying to knock out some holiday shopping last minute. So congratulations for being a procrastinator, but don't act like an asshole in the stores. That's how you get shot in the face and uh, have a good holiday season. And we will talk to uh, you children and kids and adults and all things in between uh, after Christmas. 
So, so once again, folks, you know, usually the podcast would be on, you know, next week, but next week is Christmas Eve. So we'll be on the 26th and it's going to be bowl games. It's going to be all college. And, and also once again, you know, check out the content on at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. The Facebook page is Sports in the World, and for Sand for the Word, and go to the About tab. Listen to this episode and every episode. Check out the content, including the question. The Major League Baseball question is a very good question, by the way, and it's a very sexy question. And enjoy the holidays, guys. You be safe, be merry, be merry, be wise. And until we see you. Until you see our voices, I, it makes sense, folks. I looked it up. And, and until we enjoy your company after the holidays, after Christmas, be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe. Here from Sports of the World Football Edition. See ya. I'm Ladarius Brown. And on behalf of Chris and myself, we both want to thank you for listening to Sports of the World Football Edition, wherever podcasts can be heard. If you have any comments, thoughts, good, bad, or indifferent, head over to our social media at Sports the World, both Twitter and Instagram. Head over to the Facebook page, Sports and the World, to go to the About tab, listen to every episode, check out the content, leave your thoughts and comments there as well. Once again, we thank you for your time listening to Sports in the World Football Edition.